of the Datafight Media Network and the ruins of half a lifetime spent speaking truth to power. This is Alan John's Ring of Tyranny. Welcome one and all, good evening, and welcome everybody, I am Alan Johns, your host tonight on the only hashtag WrestleCast in the hashtag WrestleCast Nation, hosted by an ex-truth teller such as myself. You are listening to Ring of Tyranny, and this is no longer a truth-telling, this is a truth-telling free zone. Now, we talk professional wrestling. And uh, what a week of wrestling we have to recap to to give our opinion on here. Uh, we're going to have some segments. We're going to have the mail bucket segment where we read your emails. We're going to have uh, Bernie's Flick Picks where our executive producer who works tirelessly to bring you this show reviews a movie of his choice uh, and you decide whether or not you want to watch it. Uh, kind of depending on whether or not he recommends it, I suppose. Uh, we're going to be talking AEW's Road to Double or Nothing and Being the Elite. We're going to talk Raw. We're going to talk SmackDown. We are going to talk ML Fusion. And we just finished watching Impact Rebellion. So we're going to cover that as well. And uh, like I said, you're listening to Ring of Tyranny. If you'd like to become our first Patreon, check us out. Our first patron, excuse me. Check us out on patreon.com slash ringoftyranny. That's R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y. Or you can email us at ringoftyranny at gmail.com. That's R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y at gmail.com. Send us an email. You guys have been sending in uh, your emails, your criticisms, your compliments, and uh, we do enjoy it. Uh, even some of the trolling where you pretend to be an alien that once pretended to be a skinhead. Uh, you know, here and there we can we can find ways to enjoy that as well. Uh, before we get going here, I did want to kind of uh, just cover something real quick. I mean, here at Ring of Tyranny, we're a podcast. We're trying to uh, establish ourselves as a brand of podcast, as a brand that people come to for the very best in professional wrestling news and opinion. And part of marketing ourselves as that brand, as establishing ourselves as that brand, is uh, is um, being able to retain uh, our intellectual properties and well, specifically what I'm referring to, of course, we have the hashtag WrestleSpiracies uh, segment here on the show where we kind of go into uh, quote-unquote conspiracy theories regarding uh, sports, uh, sports entertainment or professional wrestling, uh, however you wish to, I guess it depends if you're Vince McMahon. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I just want to say on our WrestleSpiracy segment last night, I predicted uh, that at Double or Nothing, we may see the return of CM Punk. Uh, this was based on his appearance at that wrestling show in, in Chicago a couple weekends ago where he wore the ski mask and covered up his tats, and everyone thought that was CM Punk that showed up at that show. Uh, so, 
Um, as AEW has kind of sprinkled little hints here and there at who's going to show up, and some of that's been revealed to us, some of that hasn't, uh, I predicted uh, on last week's episode of the podcast that uh, CM Punk would, in fact, be appearing at uh, Double or Nothing. And after we posted the podcast, and of course, after we tweeted the podcast on Twitter, I asked our followers and anyone they cared to share the tweet with, uh, asking them to uh, listen to our show, to our podcast, listen to what's going on. After that, I started seeing uh, other uh, podcasts that cover professional wrestling news and opinion. I started seeing them post about uh, CM Punk and uh, how they believed CM Punk would be at uh, Double or Nothing. So all I'm saying here is as we as we go along and build this uh, hashtag wrestling community, uh, perhaps um, giving credit where credit is due is in order. So uh, I'm going to let this one go. Uh, but I will say that I was a little upset at the lack of credit given uh, to uh, uh, myself, Alan Johns, and our show here, Ring of Tyranny, uh, for first making the prediction that CM Punk would appear at Double or Nothing. Uh, but that's fine. We'll let that one go. Uh, if it happens in the future, however, uh, I'm not so sure uh, what's going to happen then. And I, I'm sure we cr- will cross that bridge when we uh, approach it. But just a little food for thought, maybe give credit where credit is due when we are making our predictions um, and uh, putting them out there uh, in a way, not necessarily taking credit for it ourselves, but putting it out there in a way that suggests uh, we came up with it when, in fact, we heard the theory from someone else. For example, my predicting of CM Punk being a double or nothing um, and other outlets reporting that after I posted the episode out uh, within which the prediction was contained. Let's go to the mail bucket here. We've got some um, some listener emails uh, to want to share with you. And if you're hearing little bleeps and blops in there, those are the algorithm. That's just the algorithm our executive producer, Bernie Prezito, worked tirelessly to create so that he could battle the interference of the space, al- space alien that likes to interfere with this show. Uh, if you listen to the show already, you know who I'm talking about. And that's Dweebus. Uh, so let's uh, let's read a couple of these emails here. Dear Alan Johns, I want to thank you for pointing out I have been uh, choosing names of wrestlers from TNA slash Impact as my new names. And while I'm sure this is frustrating, I appreciate you taking the time to point that out, uh, my mistake. And I am interested in hearing more about this uh, quote-unquote Google of which you spoke. Uh, Looking forward to making 100% correct predictions for uh, Money in the Bank later this month. And I hope you are too. Sincerely, Ernest the Cat Miller. Okay, well, uh, well, speak of the devil, here he is, uh, Dweebus. This is Dweebus, of course, uh, the space alien who not only destroyed my truth-telling operation, which, you know, we had an AM radio show four hours a day, seven days a week. We had a growing online community of truth-tellers that talked to each other on forums and were congregating. You know, this is, we had a, a show. We had a, a data fight a media empire, and some people might refer to it as uh, conspiracy theorizing. Uh, but we, of course, referred to it as telling the truth, uh, because that's what we were doing. But we don't do that anymore. And, uh, of course, uh, the space alien who we referred to as Dweebus, uh, who was previously known as Christian Cage, previously known as Sam Callahan, previously known as, uh, uh, Exception Creed. 
and now going by the name Ernest the Cat Miller because he's a WWE fan and doesn't really realize that these names are taken, uh, as we explained last week. Uh, Dweebus, the space alien, of course, has the advanced technology to contact us, where as far as we know from NASA and our government's announcements, we here on Earth aren't necessarily able to make contact with an alien, a space alien race such as himself, but he, his race is advanced enough to contact us, even though we're maybe need to catch up a little bit. They can contact us, but they don't have uh, Google. So Dweebus is unable to Google these names that he chooses and find out uh, very quickly that they are already taken by wrestlers of the past. He listens to the podcast, though, so uh, thanks, I guess, for your email, Dweebus. Um, Dear Mr. Johns, uh, regarding the letter you read last week from the Triangle Earth Commission, we of the Square... Oh, oh boy, here we go. We of the Square Earth Collective are more than a tiny bit offended at the favoritism being shown to believers in Triangle Earth that you have shown recently by reading that letter on air and inviting them to, to speak on the show. On this show? I never invited the Triangle Earth people on this show. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, so... Um, this kind of favoritism has, uh, collapsed entire societies and calls to mind a certain German dictator in, uh, the 40s who also showed favoritism to a particular philosophy and demanded others follow suit. Um, in the interest of intellectual growth, that's wildly, uh, inappropriate, by the way. In the interest of intellectual growth, we of the Square Earth Collective demand to be represented, uh, on Ring of Tyranny and are prepared to take action if denied. Sincerely, the Square Earth Commission. Well, I'm not sure if they actually listened to the show, uh, because if they did, uh, they would have heard me say, this is no longer a truth-telling operation. Uh, I'm not even going to profess a belief in Round Earth, but that's what I believe, that's what I've been raised on, and that's what I'm sticking with, and, uh, this is no longer a truth-telling operation. Uh, we do not have a show on AM radio, so we will not be entertaining and I never said we would have the Triangle Earth people on the show. I said the Triangle Earth people, we are not going to be having them on the show. Just as we're not going to be having the Square Earth people or the Flat Earth people on the show, we're not going to be talking about any of this nonsense. So if you want to sue me, go ahead and sue me. Uh, but Triangle Earth, Square Earth, Flat Earth, I mean, find something better to do. And uh, that's... Um, the end of that discussion on this podcast. Anyway, we're going to get to the movie review segment now, kind of shake things up a little bit here. Here he is, our executive producer. Take it away, Bernie. Uh, Bernie's Flick Packs. Alan, welcome everyone to Bernie's Flick Packs, uh, where we're going to be reviewing a movie as we uh, do most weeks lately. Um, and the movie we're going to be reviewing today is the 1987, um, is Golan Globus, uh, movie starring Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella, and, uh, uh, it's called Masters of the Universe. This was an adaptation, uh, from a cartoon that itself was based on popular toys, I believe. That I believe He-Man, uh, the cartoon, was just from some toys that were popular. And they made a cartoon out of that. And then they eventually, in the 80s, made the live-action movie, um, which was also Courtney Cox's first movie, I believe, long before France. Uh, she was in Masters of the Universe. And 
her boyfriend Kevin works in a music store and finds this key to the universe that the spirited Quildor thing brings from He-Man's dimension. And it's classic, but it's also a template uh, for corporate greed and turning toys into movies and not caring about story. Um, but if you want to see the original, check it out. Masters of the Universe, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and thanks for listening to this show, uh, even if you are not of this earth. Back to you, Alan. Well, thank you, Bernie, for that review of the 1987 toy adaptation film, Masters of the Universe. It's been a while since I saw the film. Uh, I do remember enjoying the film, although it was quite a dumb film. Um, and I am reminded uh, this week, as everyone on the Twitter sphere, internet, uh, the people who like to voice their displeasure uh were voicing that very displeasure uh, with the sonic the hedgehog movie which to me almost looked like an homage to masters of the universe which was sort of the original as far as i could remember um toy adaptation by a movie studio simply for the purpose of selling toys and things like that and well um they certainly did sell a lot of toys didn't they Anyway, let's, uh, on to this week in wrestling. (laughs) So, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of things happened uh, out there in the wrestling world. Uh, We did just finish Impact Rebellion, uh, which was Impact's pay-per-view that aired on Sunday. Wasn't able to catch up until uh, this afternoon. So, I did, in fact, catch up. And honestly, overall, it's a pretty good pay-per-view. Uh, I don't know if you necessarily need to order it, but if you are a fan of the Lucha Brothers, Tessa Blanchard, Sammy Callahan, All Ego, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, um, we had, uh, I'm not totally, Michael Elkin, of course, that's who from New Japan showed up, and uh, overall it was a pretty good preview. If you're a fan of Impact, I'd, I'd recommend watching it, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, First, uh, well, maybe we should just get the WWE out of the way first. Uh, WWE started, Raw started the same way it started last week with a bunch of people coming out saying they're going to be in the money in the bank. This was Braun, this was Drew, this was Baron Corbin and Ricochet, and Braun and Ricochet ended up uh, tag-teaming against Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre, and Braun and Ricochet won. It called to mind Braun and Finn when Braun and Finn were taking on different teams and Braun would kind of use Finn as a weapon here and there because Finn, of course, is so tiny uh, to Braun being so huge uh, uh, and humanly huge. He is gigantic. And that, of course, that juxtaposition of the short guy that flips around next to the huge guy is entertaining, in theory, at least. Uh, So... Um, not a whole lot happened on Raw. I gotta be I mean, Alexa Bliss announced uh, who was going to be in the Money in the Bank matches, which, let's be honest, isn't really as exciting as just uh, maybe qualifying matches. Um, even just getting to Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view, and having the matches start and not really knowing who's going to be in the matches, uh... Strangely enough, this year, Kofi Kingston is not going to be in the Money in the Bank. Kofi Kingston, of course, is the star of the Royal Rebels in the Money in the Bank matches because Kofi Kingston in the Royal Rebel in the Money in the Bank matches always manages to stay in the match, um, always manages to get 
some of the wildest spots, the most memorable spots in there when Kofi Kingston is in the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank matches, which normally Kofi Kingston is in the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank matches, but at WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston, as Michael Cole said, uh, in the greatest moment in the history of WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston, normally of the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank matches, uh, normally the wild mover in the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank matches, this year was only in the Royal Rumble match, and apparently will not be in the Money in the Bank match this year. But whoever wins the Money in the Bank match can, of course, go against Kofi Kingston, because winning the Money in the Bank match means you get the Money in the Bank briefcase, and you are... Uh, entitled to one title shot of your choosing when you choose it. By turning in the Money in the Bank briefcase, you get to have your Money in the Bank title match and you have an opportunity to win the title because you were the winner at the Money in the Bank match where you won the Money in the Bank briefcase. Kofi, of course, is usually in the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank matches, but now that he's champion, it looks like this year, 2019, is the year that it breaks... Kofi Kingston will only have been in the Royal Rumble match and not necessarily in the Money in the Bank match, which is happening in three weeks. Uh, we've had another pay-per-view for Saudi Arabia announced. Goldberg versus The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, the alternate universe that's actually here on Earth. Um, you know, U.S. and Saudi Arabia, just two different corners of the square Earth. And uh, there's an alternate universe over there on that plane and uh, that flat plane that they're existing on, that flat side of the Earth. Anyway, there were uh, some other matches, I think. Yeah. Some stuff happened. There was a pretty good segment where Kevin Owens was talking to... Uh, Biggie and Xavier Woods toys. Obviously, he couldn't get him to interview on the Kevin Owens show in the middle of the ring, in the middle of the show, because they're hurt. Biggie was already hurt. Kevin Owens hurt Xavier Woods by powerbombing him on the apron last week. Uh, we had another Bray Wyatt segment, and that was fun. The Firefly Funhouse. Uh, we talked to Ramblin' Rabbit, Abby the Witch, and Mercy the Buzzard. Uh, Abby the Witch appears to have a man's voice. It appears to be Bray's voice. And as uh, as uh, we predicted here on this show, uh, originally, uh, Bray Wyatt was probably set to be um, Sister Abigail in that match where he was going to be Sister Abigail, but had to drop out because he had spinal meningitis. Or, and there's some just meningitis. I guess it was just meningitis, and Roman Reigns had it too. That's what they were saying anyway. What, you know, all kinds of things come to mind when the company claims it's just meningitis, uh, and half the roster has to... That was when Kurt Angle joined the Shield. I think that was for a TLC pay-per-view, where we had Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, and they two-sweeted at the end, uh, which, of course, is not allowed any longer in the WWE whatsoever. Um, Usos caught the revival shaving each other's backs, so the whole audience was chanting, shave his back... And, um, you know, Becky is on both shows. Becky's got two belts. She's got her, she's got her feet in two different uh, universes herself. One, the left foot is in Raw and the right foot is in SmackDown. And she's got a belt for each foot. But 
she's got a challenger for each belt at the pay-per-view. So apparently Becky, two belts, is going to defend both of her belts at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view against two different opponents in two different matches. And, um, you know, if Becky... Okay, so of course Becky could lose both matches and simply lose both belts, but let's not forget this is a Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So depending on the outcome of the Money in the Bank match, uh, the Money in the Bank women's match, depending on the outcome of the Money in the Bank match with the women, the winner of the Money in the Bank match with the women could potentially cash in that same night on Becky two belts. Now, if Becky wins both of her championship matches and the money in the bank match with the women doesn't happen or at least one of becky's matches for whichever belt the raw or the smackdown happens before the money in the bank match with the women and then another match happening after the money in the bank match with the women where the winner of the money in the bank match with the women perhaps would come in insert herself and demand a match uh for the title against becky um i think that would interrupt whether you know Anyway, if Becky won both matches and still had belt, had both belts when potentially the money in the bank of the women's winner uh, cashes in the briefcase that night, does the money in the bank match with the women, the winner of the money in the bank match with the women, excuse me, uh, does the winner of the money in the bank match with the women win both Raw and SmackDown women's championships if the winner of the money in the bank match with the women cashes in her money in the bank briefcase on Becky Lynch? The night of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It's all food for thought. And, of course, if you've been following this show, you know we haven't exactly been super supportive of Becky and her uh, heel, failed heel turn, more of a swerve into a neo-stone-cold uh, lady. Uh, we haven't been super supportive of that, but at this point, I think Becky Two Belts is probably the best champion in the company. So... I'm hoping she doesn't lose the belts at Money in the Bank, but I guess as uh, the stories develop, as we get closer to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, we'll see. Um, we'll see what develops and what angle, you know. But I like Becky Two Belts. Uh, some people are getting tired of it. I wish if we knew what happened to the new Daniel Bryan. So, WWE's kind of in this weird zone. Um, it's getting a little funky. Where, uh, hopefully... Vince and company, maybe Pritchard and, you know, whoever else can jazz it up. <laughs> so, of course, it was another week of AEW episodes on YouTube. AEW, of course, uh, some people refer to as just a t-shirt company. They are a wrestling company, and uh, their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, sold out in four minutes, I believe, and... You know, they have a show that you can watch, so everybody's saying they don't have a show, blah, blah, blah. They have two shows, The Road to Double or Nothing and Being the Elite, and both were worth watching this week. Being the Elite, uh, interesting developments there on that front. Uh, we had an amazing, excellent montage with Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks uh, getting a workout in where they kind of worked out off of each other, and I don't know, it's just fun to watch. Um, you know, it showed some more footage of them at their house, uh... I actually let a few of these replay. Um, the uh, the thing to watch this week, the absolute, if you are a wrestling fan, the uh, uh, once again, the road to double or nothing, the AEW's road to double or nothing, which was posted on YouTube by the Nightmare Family YouTube account, which I guess is Cody and Brandy Rhodes' account. Uh, you have to get 
on YouTube. Search for The Road to Double or Nothing. If you haven't watched the Dustin Rhodes promo from last week, which is The Road to Double or Nothing episode 13, then go back and watch The Road to Double or Nothing episode 13. You have to watch that Dustin Rhodes promo. Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Tust, a.k.a. Cody Rhodes' brother, is going to be Cody Rhodes' opponent at Double or Nothing at the pay-per-view that Cody and Tony Khan are putting on under the name AEW. This is one of the banner matches, and the brothers are going to go at it, and Cody has his response video. He brings up uh, the story of the prodigal son from the book of Luke, and I did love that. He compared himself to the good son and Dustin to the bad son. Um, bad, uh, and good, depend all depending on how you look at it, which of course is the point of the parable. Go and read the parable if you don't, uh, this, the story of the prodigal son, uh, coincidentally came up in, in church a couple weeks ago. It's a good one. Go and take a look at what he was referring to, and good on Cody for, uh, referencing the good book in his wrestling promo. So he says, uh, you know, He's going to have to put put this old dog down, talking about his brother. And he also says he's here to end the Attitude Era, not uh, continue whatever people are saying that they're doing. Cody is trying to say that they're going to establish themselves as something separate, something different, something their own thing. Anyway, you cut it. If you are a wrestling fan, it is four minutes and eight seconds. Go on YouTube, search for The Road to Double or Nothing, episode 14, and watch the Cody Rhodes promo. I am jab I am pumped for Double or Nothing. I'm not sure how I'm going to watch it. I looked on FITE Fight TV, uh, but I didn't see it on there, so maybe it comes on a little later. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I really hope I have a chance to watch the Double or Nothing. Uh, it's shaping up to be quite a pay-per-view. The stories are shaping up. We got Pac versus, uh, we got Pac versus uh, Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page. I'm excited about that. We got uh, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. We haven't even seen these promos yet so i'm assuming that's what we're going to see uh the rest of these episodes on the road to double or nothing we've seen chris jericho and kenny omega a couple times but i'm guessing in these um simultaneously running uh episodic webisodic youtube shows the road to double or nothing and being the elite we're going to see the promos coming in for a double or nothing the pay-per-view uh, StarCast is also that weekend. Man, uh, what? This is so interesting. If you're not keeping up with it, keep up with it. Definitely watch The Road to Double or Nothing 13 and 14. However, if you are a wrestling fan, if you're upset at the state of WWE, if you're getting bored with WWE, this is out there. And while WWE attempts to keep gobbling up um, talent that's out there, I mean, they have the reserves, the cash to offer people, but they're gobbling up these people and they're getting them signed to contract. And it sounds like they're almost holding some of them prisoner and while I understand if someone signed a contract under an employer an employment agreement they want to fulfill the agreement otherwise how can they have any claim anyway uh, that's a whole truth-telling type of thing that we don't do anymore so we're not really going to get into it but it's uh, no good to have the talent uh, kind of hooked up like that and I am going to mention because this is probably going to be an AEW. It isn't official, unless it was made official at some point today, and I didn't see it. But uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, who left the WWE, who a lot of um, our peers in the hashtag WrestleCast Nation, a lot of the WrestleCasts were uh, trying to speculate that he was just going to go live a quiet life somewhere in Las Vegas. Well, he's put out a couple videos uh, on YouTube here and there, promos where he's John Moxley once again, as we predicted on this show six months ago. He 
probably going to hook up with Sammy Callahan in Impact. We'll see if he goes to Impact. That would be something because I like Impact. I just finished watching Rebellion before starting this podcast. It's May 2nd, 2019, people. And WWE, at this point, is a little tired. we got a lot of stuff going on. Dean Ambrose has escaped the WWE. He had his final matches with The Shield, and those were good. He had his final few months, and they, I thought it was a pretty good. And it seems that, uh, you know, did we all get tricked? We're going to cover that a little later in hashtag WrestleSpiracies. Uh, right now, I want to talk before we get to the pay-per-view, the Impact pay-per-view. Let's talk some MLW Fusion. <laughs> All right, so MLW Fusion this week. MLW Fusion, of course, if you haven't been following, you need to follow. It's better. Really, we, we think it's the... I, I would like to consider it the flagship show or what, what you might call it, or the chosen show of Ring of Tyranny of this WrestleCast. MLW Fusion comes out on Saturdays on BN Sports, which I do not have, but they post the... Video on YouTube the next day on Sunday, and you can watch it. They've got uh, quite a roster. Some of these people are going to be showing up on AEW. Some some of them already show up in Impact. I think some of them are already scheduled for AEW for All Elite Wrestling. Uh, But, yeah, um... MLW Fusion this week, number 56, great episode, one of the matches of the week, um, though we'll cover whether or not it was the match of the week, I'm not, there were some pretty good ones this week, uh, we'll cover that when we get our to, to our pot awards at the end of the show this week, but uh, MLW Fusion, we started off uh, with Hammerstone and Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday was taking Hammerstone out into the parking lot, oh excuse me, uh, that's Hammerstone! There, that's better. Um, so, R- Richard Holiday is uh, showing Hammerstone, his uh, Hammerstone's car, and uh, I'm not sure if this meant that Teddy Hart and the Hart Foundation had uh, partied out Hammerstone's car last week. That was the car they were in because I thought they were in MJF's car when, of course, they were smoking that jazz cigar and stinking up the joint. And uh, Davey Boy Smith was kind of messing things up. It looked like they had eaten some pizza in Hammerstone's car and kind of made a big mess and just left everything there. There was probably some cat uh, cat uh, leavings in there from Mr. Velvet would be uh, my guess. Uh, uh, considering the face that Hammerstone made, of course, when you're watching something on YouTube, you're not really experiencing. There's no, there's no sensory smell experience. You're not really smelling what the people are smelling. But if I had to make a bet, uh, I'd bet that maybe Hammerstone was smelling some cat leavings in his, uh, in his SUV, and that's why he made the faces that he did, and that's why he got as upset as he did, uh, which played into his favor really in the match uh, later in the show. But so we had to match. Uh, we had a match to start this with the skinny guy versus Cota Brazil. This guy was really skinny. Um, I can't even remember his name. Something Pierce versus Cota Brazil. I, be- I believe Cota Brazil won. Hadn't seen Cota Brazil in a while. Then there's uh, a guy called the Avalanche from Germany. He was a uh, he sent in a video, I guess, and said he's ready to take on Tom Lawler, and he's going to show the U.S. what German wrestling's all about when he defeats Tom Lawler, and all right, come on, come on over, uh, friend, and, and beat up Tom Lawler. Uh, we had a match uh, between Ray Horace and uh, Ace Austin, who showed up on uh, Impact last week, who showed up at Rebellion. Ace Austin won the match against uh, Ray Horace, uh, and then um, we had a promo from Tom Lawler, who was responding to the Avalanche. And then we had one of the matches of the week, one of the best matches this week, the Hart Foundation, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Teddy Hart.
Reinhardt versus MJF and Hammerstone. Uh, Dick Holliday was there as well. Brian Pillman Jr. was there with the injured arm. Um, and they put on a great match. Uh, it was a tables match, I believe. Um, but uh, be, because, uh, well, because of the finish. But there were some amazing uh, segments in here. There's some great stuff. I mean, Teddy Hart is, uh, in my opinion, the best wrestler out there right now currently. I love his story. I love uh, the way uh, I like his promos. They're always really good. And I know people say, don't believe you word. He says uh, things like that. They say bad things about Teddy Hart, but all I see is a guy taking care of his cats and taking care of his friends, and uh, yeah, he might uh, bite a little harder than I would at his enemies, but the guy's been through a lot, and uh, I think he's pretty great, and uh, he's one of my current heroes, and he's on this show, and he's in this match, and he and Davey Boy Smith Jr. put on a great match. Richard Holiday, Hammerstone, and MJF, they're all huge, and they're all fighting back, and it was great, and uh, I don't even know what these moves are called that Teddy Hart was doing, but at one point, he walked on Hammerstone's back on the top turnbuckle, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. is holding uh, MJF over his head, and Teddy Hart does this ridiculous Canadian destroyer down Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s back and shoots MJF out. It was crazy. And then Hammerstone uh, threw Brian Pillman Jr. through a table at the end. Uh, so the winner of this match uh, was the Dynasty, which is MJF, Richard Holiday, and Hammerstone, who again got the win by throwing Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. through a table. So. We're really proud of our boy. Uh, it's good to see, you know, Teddy Hart. I mean, those the Hart Foundation are my favorite group in wrestling right now. I've got two shirts, uh, two wrestling shirts. One's the Lucha Brothers and one's the Hart Foundation. And the Hart Foundation are just amazing. Uh, this was an amazing match. Um, but I was still impressed uh, with the performance from Hammerstone. And I was glad. Uh, I was. I was glad to see him take a solid win. This was a solid episode of MLW Fusion number fifty-six. Go check it out. It's the show to watch. It's an hour. They get done in an hour. What WWE can't get done in five, six, seven? I don't even know. And I haven't been watching NXT, but maybe I'll trade in my Raw and SmackDown time for that hour of NXT at this point because I don't. I can't. I mean. There's a great little show, so I like this WrestleCast called Smart Wrestling Fan, and they do a little show on YouTube called Too Long, Didn't Raw, that's T-O-O, Long, L-O-N-G, Didn't, uh, as in Did Not Raw, as in Monday Night Raw. So Too Long, Didn't Raw, they recap Raw in about 10 minutes with action figures. Go check it out. It's well worth, worth your time, and it's a lot less time in the first place that you're investing in um Shows that aren't very good. But MLW Fusion is good. The Road to Double or Nothing is good. Being the Elite is good. Impact is usually pretty good. Watch that stuff. If you need an hour of really good... I mean, MLW Fusion to me is really fun. Go check it out. Selena De La Renta ended this uh, episode um, kind of bullying one of the interviewers. Uh, she tried to say something funny. Spanish, I believe, and the interviewer didn't catch it. So Selena De La Renta was kind of badgering the interviewer, going, oh, do you know Spanish? Well, you better know Spanish by next week, or else you're fired. And she got mean. Uh, she can be really mean sometimes. She's kind of a mean lady. Uh, but that's just how she is, and... Um, you know, no surprises here. No no surprises here. Selena De La Renta was mean to the interviewer, and uh, that was it. Check it out as soon as you can, MLW Fusion 56 on YouTube. Let's talk about Impact Rebellion, guys. 
<sighs> I don't even, I don't even know. Some sometimes, you know, we do this podcast. We've been doing it for about a year. Um, no patrons, <laughs> no patrons on Patreon. There's there's three tiers you could sign up at three, six, and nine. I don't even know if anybody's really listening to the show. Uh, we've been thinking about switching our, our uh, hosting from uh, SoundCloud to Podbean. We have an, uh, uh, you know, we have a profile there on Podbean, so we might end up doing that. Not that anybody cares. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe the show would be better uh, if I had a co-host or something. If, if you guys, maybe you guys want a co-host. Um, just send an email. Send it in your email. Let us know what you think. Uh, we, it's really great um, to get your compliments and criticism so far. Uh, send us an email, ringoftyranny uh, at gmail.com. That's R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y at gmail.com. Ringoftyranny at gmail.com. Go to patreon.com slash ringoftyranny to become our first ever Patreon. Uh, I guess you say patron. Um, yeah, uh, Impact Rebellion. Uh, pretty good pay-per-view. Um, cost about 40 bucks. So... It was very Canadian. All ego Ethan Page and Josh Alexander debuted as a tag team wearing red. Uh, the North, they teamed up with Moose um, 3 against the Rascals, Wentz, uh, Desmond Xavier, and Trey Miguel, who came out in baseball jerseys that said Rascals 420. Um, you know, as we said, well, uh, maybe they didn't save the partying uh, for that. I think they lost. You know what? I'm not even going to... Spoil, uh, Impact Rebellion. There were some surprises here. Scarlett Bordeaux wrestled a match, uh, which was fun. Uh, the Tessa Blanchard and Gail Kim match was incredible. And uh, there was a an appearance by a legend. I, I think you can guess it was uh, Tessa's dad. Makes a little appearance there. Definitely worth your time if you're a fan. I think Tessa Blanchard's probably the best. Uh, female wrestler out there right now. Uh, we also had Jordan Grace versus Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie retra- retained the Impact Women's... Well, I guess they call it the, um, the Knockouts Championship. I'm not sure why they don't change that. Um, perhaps they will someday. The KOs. Maybe they should just call them the Co's. But uh, that might, that'll probably just confuse people. But anyway, Taya Valkyrie retained. Um, you had a match of Brian Cage versus Johnny Impact for the title. Brian Cage did come out in his Terminator gear, but he wasn't uh, wearing, he wasn't eating uh, hoagies, as I suggested. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I hear this guy eats a lot, and I just think it would be, it would be fun uh, if his character, you know, ate a hoagie once in a while. Ham and cheese, foot long. You know, I think it would be pretty fun if, if Brian Cage came out in that Terminator gear for a pay-per-view and he's eating a foot long ham and cheese. Yeah, that'd be fun, and, and it'd be true to his kind of his character and when now he's champion he can do whatever he wants i think he should do that that was fantastic match though uh if i did a four stars uh for for the match as a four star system i'd give it at least three and a half it was a great match uh match of match of the night probably the lucha brothers versus lax i'm partial there were definitely some maybe some over thought uh spots but this was kind of the final Final battle between brothers, I believe, to settle brotherly scores. Uh, but there was some really extreme stuff in here. If you have a chance to watch, if you're a fan of Impact, you should definitely order Rebellion. Great pay-per-view. I think it was 
more entertaining. It was better than the last pay-per-view than Homecoming at the start of the year, which was still pretty good. Um, and, you know, Impact itself, uh, they don't really work together, uh, work together as much. It's taped. So when they come together in the ring, some of these matches really go off. And then there's some missed spots here and there. But overall, three and a half out of four stars, three stars at least. Very entertaining show. Give it a watch if you're a fan for sure. Um, you have some classic matchups in there. That knockouts match between Tessa Blanchard and Gail Kim was fantastic. Uh, that'll probably be a legendary um, match uh, for a while. I could see people uh, referring back to that and uh, recommending that match to others. Also, the whole series since the last pay-per-view of the Lucha Brothers versus LAX has kind of come to a close. Uh, assuming the Lucha Brothers uh, are going to go to double or nothing and face the Young Bucks for those uh, AAA tag team titles. And um, I have a feeling that's going to be quite an amazing match as well. Lucha Brothers, tag team of the year so far for me. I know the Young Bucks are cool. They had that great montage on being the elite this week, but Lucha Brothers are out of this world, man. The best tag team, as Ray Phoenix said at the AEW announcement conference, the best tag team in the universe. Um, with that, uh, why don't we move on to the, uh, WrestleSpiracy segment of the show and, uh, get in. Well, let's, uh, let's settle in to some intrigue. WrestleSpiracy number one is Shane McMahon, simply Vince McMahon, in a new Shane costume. So, as we've seen, Shane McMahon... Whether he's following the Miz to Raw, or simply showing up on SmackDown in place where Vince was before he was Superman punched in the face by Roman Reigns. Was it that Superman punch from Vince's chosen warrior, who was made to look like he was not on Vince's side, who was made to look like he was anti-Vince because he threw the Superman punch in Vince's face, his boss? Why is Shane now in that role, and is Shane meant to take over from Vince in the company? as head, uh, boss, McMahon, family guy that is a jerk. Hence the question, is Shane McMahon simply Vince McMahon in a new Shane costume? And that is the Shane McMahon that we're seeing now. Is he simply going to become Vince? In the sense that he is possessed by the spirit of Vince and continues to live on his legacy in the show for all of us to see. WrestleSpiracy number two. Is Twitter WWE's real writer booker? Are we watching the self-destruction of a corporate entity that legally could be called a person? Are we watching the uh, depression, the uh, this corporate person, corporeal corporation, giving in to the darkness, falling apart? Because, uh... We were told that we are the authority by Triple H, by the authority. They told us we are the authority, that we are writing the stories now, that we are in charge. And we did uh, get all the good guys winning at WrestleMania, but is that really what we wanted? Or is WWE, is Vince McMahon, is, are, the, are, the, are the people running WWE, do they just want to teach us a lesson? Or have they gone even further and simply thrown it to the wind? Thrown it to the Twitterverse. Thrown it to the hashtag WrestleCastNation on Twitter. And is simply trying to follow the whims 
of a corporeal body of fans that know not what they want or how they'd be able to get it. Wrestlespiracy number three was John Moxley, Dean Ambrose's plan all along. For months, people have complained about Dean Ambrose's failed entrances, about how bad everything was, and if you think about it, it was quite extravagant. And the money that the WWE, the money that Vince was offering was quite extravagant. And while I watched the return videos of John Moxley, and I watched him dig barbed wire into his thumbs, and I don't know what these death matches are, and I didn't ever watch CCW, I'm not that deep into it, I'm what you could call a wrestling bozer. Still, I wonder, was John Moxley Dean's plan all along? When everything fell apart with the shield, maybe even before. How long, when he took that break? Were there secret meetings with Sammy Callahan? Secret meetings in caves, secret meetings underground, or in parking garages and trench coats. Imagine John Moxley meeting with Sammy Callahan in the parking garage of the NXT arena. And how would that play out? Perhaps like this? Anyway, uh, that was the hashtag WrestleSpiracy segment of the show. We hope you enjoyed that. And if you're gonna, um... You know, like I said, uh, the the prediction that CM Punk was going to show up at Double or Nothing was first broken, was first brought to the hashtag WrestleCast Nation here at Ring of Tyranny. So, you know, we're going to let it go that the other uh, Twitter wrestling news outlets uh, took that idea and kind of ran and started kind of putting it out there as their own that they too believed uh, CM Punk was likely to appear at uh, Double or Nothing now. You know, all of a sudden everybody... Uh, has has the same idea, I suppose. Smart minds think alike. Um, but if you're going to take any of those hashtag WrestleSpiracies uh, that were in the segment just now, um, those were, uh, we asked if Shane uh, McMahon was now just Vince McMahon in a Shane McMahon costume, if Twitter was WWE's real writer, and if, if John Moxley was Dean's plan all along. If you're going to put that out there and you're a, a Wrestle News organization, well, um, I, I would hope that you do the right thing and give credit where credit is due. Alan John's a Ring of Tyranny. Ring of Tyranny at gmail.com. R-I-N-G-O-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y. At gmail.com. Let's get to the pod awards of the week, people. The pod champion this week. Well, it's the brother of the pod champion last week, Cody Rhodes. Now, Cody, we've been watching Cody put this company together with uh, with Tony Khan and with Kenny Omega and with the Bucks. He's been putting this AEW together. He's been hiring people. He's he's become a he's a he's the man. I mean, he's the man. He walks around in the suit. He's got the bleach blonde hair. He's got the cane uh, with his dogs. Uh, it, it has a visage of his of his of his dog Pharaoh, the white husky that follows him around. I mean. This is already legendary. This is one of the best. Uh, he's one of the best already. And I, you know, I wasn't really watching with Stardust and all that. But Cody Rhodes is wrestling uh, at this point. This promo uh, on the road to Double or Nothing is the must-see uh, this week. Go ahead. Go find it. Go watch it. This guy's a master. I, I, I mean, it's great. Yeah, they're doing it. The AEW is doing it. So, I mean, just get over it. Vince is Vince. Vince is old. Um, and WWE will still be good, I'm sure. Uh, but putting this together, it's pretty exciting. Cody Rhodes, Pod Champion of the Week. 
assistant champion Pharaoh, uh, pod women's champion this week. I gotta give it to Tessa Blanchard. That match against Gail Kim is amazing at Impact Rebellion. Uh, the torch was passed on into the hands of a worthy torchist. Tessa Blanchard, one of the best uh, female wrestlers out there right now. If you know, she's one of the best wrestlers out there right now, so go check out Impact Rebellion. That's the Pod Women's Champion of the Week, Tessa Blanchard, Impact Wrestling. Pod Match of the Week. Well, uh, honorable mention's gonna go to the Teddy Hart, uh, the Hart Foundation versus the Dynasty, MJF, Richard Holiday, and Hammerstone on MLW Fusion. Um, oh, excuse me. Hammerstone! That's our boy, you know. We want to do, we want to do our boy right. So, um, anyway, that was a great match. But I think the pod match of the week is going to have to go to the Lucha Brothers versus LAX. This was the period on a pretty good, pretty great sentence of the last few months since Homecoming. Impact uh, has featured these guys, uh, of course, woven their stories woven together by their mentor, their shared mentor, Conan, with two ends of, uh, you know, my childhood and WCW, well, my teenage years, well, really, my late teenage years, I, maybe I was in my 20s, I, I guess I was in my 20s, but anyway, um, Conan the Legend trying to bring these guys together. As Josh Matthews mentioned, he uh, raised the Lucha Brothers. He's known the Lucha Brothers since they were little little kids. Um, he's known all these guys since they were little kids. And um, this last, uh, well, it might not be the last match, but it definitely could be the last match, and, and that would be okay. There were thumbtacks, there were tables, there were really high ladders. Uh, we have new tag team champions. Sorry, I wasn't going to try not to give away the spoilers. Too bad. Uh, but definitely, uh, you need to watch the Lucha Brothers versus uh, LAX at Impact Rebellion 2019. Uh, again, it's May 2nd, 2019, and this has been Ring of Tyranny. We appreciate you listening. Send us an email at ringoftyranny, R-I-N-G-O-A-F-T-Y-R-A-N-N-Y, at gmail.com. Visit us at patreon.com slash ringoftyranny. Uh, become our first patron. Uh, become our first patron. Um, do us that honor. Uh, as we would, uh, you know, well, I, I mean, say, if you want, uh, listen, if you want something to be specific on this show, uh, if you want us to specifically do some kind of content, Send us an email, ringoftyranny at gmail.com. Dweebus does it, and he doesn't even live on this planet. He doesn't even have uh, the technology of Google. But uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Go check out Cody Rhodes on uh, The Road to Double or Nothing. Go check out Impact Wrestling. John Moxley. Lucha Brothers! Thank you for listening to Ring of Tyranny. The only WrestleCast in the hashtag WrestleCast Nation hosted by an ex-truth teller such as Alan Johns. Uh, we thank you for listening. We apologize for the alien interference. If you want to support the show, you know, um, maybe up the production budget so we can do things like uh, edit in time or even maybe bring you more episodes uh, more uh, shows during the week in the future if possible or maybe even just kind of a little budget to help fight uh, space alien interference which as you know is a problem with this show send us an email ringofturney at jmail.com or go to patreon.com slash ringofturney to support and Alan wants you all to know who loves his little warriors. So thanks for listening to the show and good night. <laughs> <laughs>
is it good or just bad? Nothing is as it seems. Here I've been bought so many times. I've been sold even more. Because I can't realize my dreams. Because nothing is as it seems. Every new phone I see And 
the driver of this car to get me home from the bar. Is this hell? Is it 